This is Igris, and today we're looking at a letter from Trilas Cheref, the beginning of the winter of Tavshin Lamedalid. So it feels cold here. It could be exactly 50 years ago. We don't have the exact date on the letter. This is a letter that the Rebbe wrote to, it's scroll down to the bottom. It's a Kloli Prati, the Mitsuyane Tzahal, the Mechamasim This is a letter that is Kloli Prati. It's written for general and also for individuals to those who were Mitsuyanim of the Tzahal, Mitsuyanim of the soldiers of the Yom Kippur War. This phrase, Mitsuyanim, was not really in use at the time. Uh, I believe that they put that in the footnote here because later on the Rebbe would start using that phrase in uh, 1976, and then they kind of retrofitted to the letters that came out later. But the expression means those who were injured in the Yom Kippur War. However, the Rebbe, as we're going to see, wanted to use a phrase, Mitsuyanim, to to, uh, recognize the fact that they are unique, special, exceptional. That's what Mitsuyanim means. These are the exceptional soldiers. That means the injured soldiers, the ones who were injured in the Yom Kippur War. The Rebbe writes a letter to them, and as we're about to see, this letter is a letter that the Rebbe did, did not just send out once. We're gonna, I'm going to show you a letter in a second, where the Rebbe basically uh, gives a little headline to the letter, says, hi, nice to meet you, and then attaches this letter to various injured soldiers. This was a letter that the Rebbe was happy enough with, that he didn't just send it out once, he would send it out repeatedly, uh, many times when soldiers who were injured in battle would write to him. This is the Rebbe's uh, general approach, then, to writing to soldiers who were injured in battle. And unfortunately, a very practical letter. The letter is Yud Aleph uh, Ches, that's the designation. It is on page Lamed Zion of Ar Chelek, which is Chelek, Chaf, Tes. And we read, Shalom Ubracha, the Rebbe says. Kibalti, uh, I, I forget what that one is. It's a letter. Mimeno, I received your letter. <laughs> it's an abbreviation. And so I'm giving a bracha that you should have, I'm going to mention you for a tefillah, the refuah, the kreva, the refuah, shlema. You should have a complete and soon healing. I'm very happy to hear that your spirits have not fallen. And that Adrabba, not only have your spirits not fallen from your injury, Rahman but that your uh, that your betachin, that your trust in Hashem, the God of hosts, has only increased. This God who watches over every single person, who God is himself good, and the nature of good is to do good. Even though sometimes his ways are hidden from the understanding of people who are born of women. Mortal people. We don't know. We don't understand Hashem's ways, but as Ashkach Pratis is always there. He's good. The nature of good is to do good, and I'm glad to hear that that's the way you view things. It should be God's will that we should hear good news in a revealed way, also in a way that can be understood by mortal eyes. As Latmi, the Rebbe says, I'm going to allow myself, and I'm not just going to allow myself, but also designate this as a great honor for me, a merit for me, says the Rebbe, to write the following to you. It's my honor to write what I'm about to write. Because since you shielded with your body, literally with your body, you literally used your body to protect the Jewish people, the holy people who are living in the Holy Land. This also counts as protecting the entire Jewish people in all places that they are. Now that is, by the way, a controversial sentence right there, and it's worth repeating one more time. The Rebbe is saying that when a soldier protects Yidin in Eretz Yisrael, they are protecting Yidin in America. They're protecting Yidin in France. They're protecting Yidin in Australia. When you protect the land of Israel with your body, you're protecting Jews everywhere, not just in the land of Israel. Because the entire Jewish people are friends. But more than that, one family. The family of the forefathers. Furthermore, we are one body. As says in the Torah, which is the Torah of life, you are standing here today 
all of you in partnership in Nazakin, Achadim Kachad, that they are completely one as one. Whether they are at the very highest level of the Jewish people or the very lowest level of the Jewish people, we are all completely one. So when a soldier defends us in Eretz Israel, they're defending us around the entire world. So the Rebbe says, I'm honored to write to you specifically because you're somebody who did this with your body literally, with your body literally defended the entire Jewish people. After you've gotten better and you've become cured, with the help of God, who is the healer of all flesh and the one who does wonders, and then you enter into the path of life. Certainly you're going to have to deal with the... Um, the, uh, I guess, instincts, expectations of those who are around you. People who are going to be around you, they're going to see the changes in your body. You've been injured. They're going to see the scars or worse. They're going to see the uh, the disabilities, a word that the Rebbe does not use. They're going to see this and they're going to look at you in a, new, in a unique way because you look different now, because you've been injured in battle. But all people are upright in the way that they go. They recognize truth and they admit to goodness. So people are reasonable, says the Rebbe. Certainly their immediate reaction. What is their immediate reaction going to be when they look at you? You're going to think that they're thinking one thing. Let me tell you what a reasonable person will think, says the Rebbe. Let me tell you that all people are reasonable. That their immediate reaction will be that in front of them is somebody who protected them. The mistakos, they're going to see somebody injured and go, oh, this is someone who protected me. Somebody who protected me and my family with Mesiris Nefesh. And the thing that is on them is a permanent sign that is sealed into their bodies, a permanent sign that they gave, that they were Mesir Nefesh, that they gave of themselves for me and my family. So the Rebbe says, you're going to get in your own head and imagine the people are looking at you negatively. That's not what they're thinking. What a reasonable person thinks when they look at a disabled soldier is that they're thinking this is somebody who it's marked on their body that they protected me and my family. This sign that's on you, these scars, these wounds, they are signs that inspire and remind people of the connection between one person and another. They remind people that some people out there are willing to show that connection so strongly that they will put themselves in danger in order to do good for somebody else. Not just something that is forced upon them to give their lives, but that they will willingly do it, that some people willingly step into battle to protect the rest of us. That's what people think when they look at your scars. And then that this, that there's some people who don't just talk about doing it, they literally do it. And the fact that you are somebody who is literally willing, willing and able to do this is now a sign on your body that everybody sees. So this is a very important paragraph. Because the Rebbe is not just saying what the truth is. That the, one way the Rebbe could do this is to say, the truth is, no matter what they say about you, don't you forget that you did something good for them. That's not what the Rebbe is saying. The Rebbe is saying, you need to understand that the average person looking at you, any reasonable person looking at you, is not thinking what you think they're thinking. you got to get out of your own head. What they're thinking is that you're a hero. What they're thinking is that you protected them and that you love them and that there's a sign on your body that you care about them. That's the way that the Rebbe tells wounded soldiers to look at the people looking at them. The Rebbe says, it is my prayer. Uh, then the merit of the Mesiris Nefesh that you and many of your friends gave, they should and we should and we all should merit the following yield, the following promise soon, there will be peace in the land, and they will rest and there will be no one scaring them, and I will be for you a God, and you will be for me a nation. 
a Mashiach prophecy. And the Rebbe gives a bracha for Besuras Tervis for everything. I will point out, just because for some reason it's become controversial lately to say this, the Rebbe in a lot of his letters about war does mention Nasati Shalom Ba'aretz. Uh, he does not mean pacifism, but he does mention Shalom. Shalom is not something that we don't mention. Okay, moving right along. That's just for those who sit at Fabrangans with Hassan Shabbos. It's, it's, not, it's not a dirty word when used properly, Shalom. <laughs> This is a letter also from the same year. This is from Tesvav Kislev, so only a couple weeks from now. The letter is designated Yud Aleph, uh, Yud, Yud Aleph, Yud Zion. And the reason why I'm showing you this, this is an example of where the Rebbe writes a short introduction to somebody and then just pastes the following letter into the letter that he's writing for other soldiers. The Rebbe seemed so comfortable with this letter, at least the main points of this letter, that he was sending it out not just to a Klali Prati one time, but he continued sending it whenever he became aware of other wounded soldiers. This is written to Martzvi Sheikh Shapir. I don't know who he is. The Rebbe Shama Bracha. The Rebbe doesn't know who he is either. Even though I haven't met you personally, your mother wrote to me though. So this soldier's mother, the wounded soldier's mother wrote to the Rebbe. And your mother told me that we're actually one family, that you and I are related. And that you're also a descendant of the Altar the author of the Tanya and the Shulchan Aruch. And the one who established the Shita of Chabad. And she wrote so much much to me about you that I feel like I know you. Your mother really wrote a lot. Therefore, I'm going to allow myself dot, dot, dot. And there in the footnote to the letter, it says that the Rebbe pasted in the previous letter. So once again, the Rebbe sends the letter that we just read. The Rebbe gives him a bracha for a speedy recovery and a complete recovery and good news and everything that was said. So the Rebbe sent out this letter pretty frequently. Uh, this next letter, and the last one we're going to look at, 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 that is a letter. Then we're going to look at a sicha, at least pieces of that very famous sicha. And then I'm going to show you some pictures of that meeting of that sicha. Der Herr has a, has a photo essay of, uh, of the Rebbe meeting the Mitsuyanim, the injured soldiers. First, one more letter that is Yud Aleph Chaf Hey. This is from Zeis Chanukah of Tavshin Lamedalit, also our year. And once again, the Rebbe writes to an injured soldier. But this letter is very different. And uh, it, it's you got to read between the lines a little bit. I am almost certain that what is happening here is that somebody received the Rebbe's letter before that talks about how special it is to have permanent injuries. And this person's getting better and they're not going to have permanent injuries forever. And they're wondering if that removes their schos if they don't have as much schluss because they're not as injured because they're recovering. And that really does seem to be what the, what the Rebbe is responding to. So we'll read it together. Shalom Abracha, the Rebbe writes, Shalom Abracha. I'm very happy to hear when I received your letter that you're getting better, that you're healing. You should have a speedy recovery and a complete recovery. That is literally a complete recovery. You should come back to your regular strength and be healthy and complete totally. The Rebbe says, it should be understood. It should be understood that this won't take away at all. This complete healing won't take away at all from the uh, from the badge of honor, badge of honor that you have for protecting the state. For protecting the state is not what he says. For protecting the holy land and protecting the holy nation with your body, uh, literally with your body. My whole point is, as Chazal say, that what you've done is you've released your... Um, You've reduced the amount of fat and the amount of blood. This is a lesson that has to do with doing chuva with kapara, is that when we give of ourselves by not eating, by suffering, uh, this gives something to Hashem and gives something to our fellow people. So the Rebbe says, my point is that you suffered. My point isn't that you need to have a permanent mark on your body. Because of the injury that you had, certainly there was a reduction in your fat, a reduction in your blood, and this was giving of your body to the Jewish people. And so you have all those merits because of the injury you had. 
The injury doesn't have to stay there for you to have these merits. You just need to have had it to have these merits, and you got injured. It's okay to get better. You gave yourself, literally, not just in theory, not just uh, in desire. You literally gave up yourself, and now you're getting better. The fact that you offered your blood uh, in defending us, defending the holy nation in Eretz HaKadosh, in the Holy Land. This will also exist after you become totally healed. You will have this merit your entire life. You don't have to worry about the fact that you getting healed means that you did not sacrifice as much as people who do not get healed. Let's say somebody gives you a medal of honor, a badge of honor, given by a person. And then you put it in a drawer. So let's say you get a medal of honor and you put it in a drawer. It doesn't take away from the merits of the fact that you received a badge of honor. You don't have to keep it on you all the time to have earned it. And certainly when it comes to a badge of honor that is carved into somebody's flesh through an injury. About this we say, through your blood you will live, through your blood you will live. This merit lasts forever. Even if you are completely cured without any permanent scars in the body, don't worry, you're still going to have this merit. It's like putting a badge of honor in a drawer. <clears throat> that through proper health, spiritual and physical health, together, you'll have the... Yisker, you'll remember, he's stopping to say over the wonders of Hashem and what he has done. Once again, that line that people keep telling me doesn't exist when the Rebbe talks about wars. There will be peace in the land and you will dwell and you will not be afraid. And I will be your God. You will be for me a nation. So I do believe what's happening in this letter is that someone is writing to the Rebbe with a little bit of disappointment, saying that they are they are they are becoming healed and that they're not going to have marks of their injuries anymore. And they want to know: does that still stand for them as the same merit as somebody who was injured in a way that does not heal? And the Rebbe says back, absolutely. The point here was putting your body in the line of fire. The fact that a person doesn't get injured or doesn't get injured in a permanent way, the very fact that they are literally putting their life on the line already gives them that merit, and it doesn't matter necessarily to that merit, whether that merit remains visible on their flesh. The Rebbe likens it to receiving a Medal of Honor and putting it in a drawer. That doesn't make the Medal of Honor any less valuable. Don't worry about being cured. Don't worry about not having these marks in your body. Now, on one hand, that's a funny letter. It's, it's a weird complaint. But on the other hand, it's a deeply sensitive letter. You, you can imagine this going through someone's mind. There's something that we call survivor's guilt. There is an inherent guilt to people who are in units where a lot of people get injured and they don't. And the Rebbe is saying back, the fact that you were there and participating and giving your life means that you're the same as anybody else who participated and gave their life. And there's no guilt necessary here. The, the honor comes to those who throw themselves in the way of fire to protect everybody else. The honor doesn't come to the most injured party. And I do think that that's a, uh, that that's a natural response that a lot of people have when they have close friends or comrades who get injured or get injured worse than them. And I think this is a very sensitive answer. This was, in, uh, this was all in 1973, 1974. Uh, I guess the beginning of it would be 1973 and the end of it. A lot of these letters are technically 1973, even though it's Tavshin Lama Dalit because the secular year hadn't changed yet. It was three or three or four, three or two years. What? It's 1976. Three or two, two or three years later that the Rebbe actually met with Mitsuyani Yisrael. He met with the uh, disabled soldiers. They made a big trip to bring them to the Rebbe. They were on their way to the Paralympics. This had been two or three years later. I guess they'd have time to heal a little bit. And they were going to the Paralympics in Toronto and a group was organized to come to the Rebbe and hear a secha from the Rebbe. And the plan had been that the Rebbe would speak in Yiddish as he always did and there would be a translator on scene. But at this very famous secha from the year Tavshin Lamed Vav, this is Chav Gimel Menachem Av, the Rebbe came downstairs. The soldiers were sitting there, a lot of them in wheelchairs. They had to really rearrange 770 to accommodate the, uh, to accommodate the, the uh, to make it accessible. So we have a lot of wounded soldiers sitting there. I'm going to show you some pictures in a minute. 
And uh, the Rebbe starts speaking, and he speaks in Hebrew, which was very, very strange for him. The Rebbe usually did not do that. The Rebbe started off by saying, but he's not going to switch from Ashkenazis. <laughs> the Rebbe says, it is my way to speak with an Ashkenazi accent. But it's my hope that everybody will understand me. And this is a very rare sikha that's printed in Sikha's Kedish that is in Hebrew. And since it's printed in Sikha's Kedish, and they haven't gotten up to Tav Shalom Vav yet in, uh, in Teres Menachem, the typewriting is really rough, guys. Uh, all the Dalits and ratios look exactly the same. So we'll do this together. We're not going to do the whole sikh. I highlighted some parts that are very interesting for our particular point, but I will, if, with God's help, send you the entire sikh to look at. Scrolling down, the Deb gives a long introduction, and then he says, let me zoom in a little, and prepare for Reish Dalit mistakes. The Deb says this is also a very important point. When a person is missing a part of them for whatever reason, this is not a reason for their spirits to fall. The opposite. Since they are missing something quantitatively, it's not their fault. Or furthermore, because they did something good. Or even more, because they gave their life for Hashem or for the people. Because they gave their life for the Jewish people in a certain place or in a certain situation, and specifically when it comes to the Holy Land. This injury then is proof that God, was the creator of people. This is proof that God gave him or her special spiritual powers. He took away a piece of their bodies and gave them extra spiritual powers. Now he or she is able. They are now able to uh, empower themselves over what would have been missing. And furthermore, or and the, to the opposite, to the contrary. They're not only able to prove that they are equal to all other people in their immediate surroundings, that they also, in addition to that, that they also have an advantage. That they are able to empower themselves over the lacking that would be seen by physical eyes. Asher Yechel, yeah, there's much missing letters. Umar Asher Yachel Hu Lasegamada, that they're able to and show that they're able to achieve this level. They'll be able to go up and rise in important matters and in good matters. And they will be able to be able to achieve more than a person who is able-bodied, able-bodied. A normal person, a normal. That's a bad word. A uh, a abled person. So that says that people who, uh, in summary of this paragraph, people who do have these injuries, this proves that Hashem gave them extra keichas ruchanim, and that they are able to use these to demonstrate that both physically and spiritually, they're able to do everything else that everybody else can do, and in some ways more than the average person can do. But based on this idea that people who are physically disabled, are actually, are actually super enabled, when it comes to their spiritual qualities, and the Rebbe seems to imply in this paragraph, even to some of their physical qualities. That word's all fudgy. Uh, I think it's above. Therefore, the Rebbe says, I'm not happy with those who call people who are disabled, disabled. Uh, means to be knocked down. This implies that they've been knocked down and that they've descended. It's the opposite is the case. You have to say instead, we have to, say, we have to use some word that emphasizes that somebody who was injured in this way is somebody special and that they are exceptional and that they became exceptional be, uh, by way of the one who created people in the first place. That they are given keiches, they're given special powers that are unique and also that are 
greater than the average person. And therefore, they will be able to conquer things that the average person could not conquer. Therefore, the Rebbe says, I will suggest, and here the Rebbe makes a joke. I, I love this. The Rebbe says, As is the minig of all yidin, to give advice when it is not something that is their area of expertise, I'm going to give some advice too. That we should change the name. We should call people who are disabled people who are exceptional. Whether they were injured by war or by any other reason, not just people who were injured in war for these special reasons that the Rebbe mentions earlier, but anybody who has suffered a debilitating injury, the Rebbe wants us to call them mitsuyanim because the fact that they, the fact that the Bere Elim, the creator of man, decided to take away one of their limbs, bekamos, or part of their body, bekamos, in quantity, signifies that he's given them extra keichas in ruchnias, and the Rebbe wants us to use a word to actually describe that, to not just make it a token idea that's in the back of our heads, but to say a word about them, that means that they really are special. This is very different than the idea of calling disabled people special, which, by the way, uh, was before this, that started in the early 1900s and has recently fallen out of favor. It's not really done so much anymore. There's a movement to stop calling disabled people special because it's a word that was, a, it's a word that's become, a, that's, that's gained a negative connotation. The Rebbe is not saying to call people special because they need to be viewed as special. The Rebbe is saying we need to use the word exceptional because that is the proper word to describe their actual state. And I do believe that if that was the word we'd be using nowadays to describe disabled people when we said special, that there wouldn't be a movement right now in America to get rid of the word. The fact is that when people say special, they mean I'm trying to say a nice word for disabled. That's a, and that's a, and I, I, I'm not getting into a culture war. But a lot of the things that we do right now in America is that we we use kinder words for things because the word that people are using is a mean word. The Rebbe is not suggesting we get rid of a mean word. The Rebbe is suggesting we get rid of a truly inaccurate word. That it is not accurate that disabled people are disabled. They are in fact accurately they are super able. They are more able than everybody else. They have stronger ruchnius than everybody else. And therefore the word is simply wrong. It's not that we're trying to. Uh, it's not that we're trying to make everybody feel better. It's that the word is incorrect. Uh, disabled is the wrong word to describe a person with an injury. The correct word is mitsuyan, is exceptional, spiritually exceptional. And if you want proof, he says, God does not take away a piece of somebody's body without giving them significantly more in spirituality. Scrolling down to the very bottom of the sicha, the Rebbe just says something really interesting that you don't see anywhere else. I might not read it inside. Let's see how much area I squared off. That's yeah, a little long. The Rebbe says that uh, over here, you can read it while, while I'm summarizing, you can read it on the screen. The Rebbe ends off by saying that he wants to finish the Fabrengen by offering every individual a handshake, and he's also going to give each of them some tzedakah. And the Rebbe came down and said, Shalom Aleichem, and gave his hand to every individual. But in this sicha, he talks about the mile of a handshake, al ideas that I have never seen before. He says, first of all, it tells, shows when, when, when two Yidin shake hands with each other, it shows the difference between Esav and Yaakov. That Yadai Midei Esav, that uh, the hands of Esav are hands of war. So when uh, when Lahavdil, Bnei Esav, they shake hands with each other, they're trying to hurt each other. When two Yidin use their hands, it's in order to unite in brotherhood. And the Rebbe says that there is another reason why a handshake is special. It's, uh, it sim symbolizes the Aseris Adibris, that the Ten Commandments were given on two tablets. And when a person takes my hand of five and joins it to someone else's hand of five, I'm uniting the Torah and the Aseris Adibris. Never seen anything like this before. Just thought it was really cool. The Rebbe says, therefore, it is, uh, it is my particular honor to get to shake each of your hands. And the Rebbe did come down from the dais and shake every individual soldier's hands. Just to conclude what we have here, I told you that I have some pictures. There was a Deher article where they did a photo essay of the Rebbe meeting these soldiers in 1976. Um, but it's loading very slowly. Hang on. Can you see it on the screen? Yeah. A moment. It's jumping around. So you can see here we have some wheelchairs in the corner. These are the soldiers sitting there and the Rebbe sitting and the Rebbe at the top speaking to them. Wish this was moving a little faster. What can you do?
Anyway, I'll keep these on the screen and scroll through them, uh, but that's it for us now. If anybody has questions or comments, this is the moment.